From the offices of Melman, Castagnetti, Rosen, and Thomas, just footsteps from the White House, the heart of the nation's capital. This is 14th NG, the podcast sitting at the intersection of business and policy. Here's your host, C.R. Wooters. Welcome to 14th and G, the podcast sitting at the intersection of business and policy. This week, I have a bunch of special guests. I'm introducing you all to the women of Melman Castagnetti, my colleagues. We will be joined by Elise Pickering, Helen Toller, Lauren Aronson, Nicole DeStefano, and Mackenzie Bennett. We're going to talk about what it's like to be a female lobbyist in, in town and if there's anything different between being a Republican and Democrat. These folks are really smart, and I love working with them. And we'll pick their brain a little bit on business. Here we go. The ladies of Melman Castagnetti. All right. Welcome to 14th and G. I have all of the ladies of Melman Castagnetti here. Thanks for coming in, guys. Thanks for having us. Um, Okay, let's start with this. And and listeners, you're going to have to give us a little bit of a break here. We've never done five people in the studio, and we're trying to figure it out as we go. So hopefully we can hear everybody. Well, we're all really shy, so. Um, Yes, that's true. Shy and under, you know reserved that's how i would describe this entire group of people Black opinions, <laughs> shrink in my um all right so here's what I, uh, first question is what's it like to work in gr as a woman in 2019 and what i mean by that is you know i think people probably have a vision of an old boys club which is probably not too far off i'm gonna go with you helen on this one what do you think is it is it is it an old boys club like every other place in the world, or is it changing, or what do you think? My 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 sightline only goes back to doing GR in in 2017, 2018, 2019. Um, so it looks very similar, I would say. There haven't been like tectonic shifts, I don't think, in in my span of time. Um, there are certainly a lot of rooms that we're in where we're in a distinct minority, but um, but it's actually been a lot of fun. Mackenzie and I were on site with a client last week, and the entire room was filled with women. Um, huh. Yeah, yeah. So um, all in senior senior exec roles with with the client, and then of course we were there representing Melman Casignetti. So um, so so I think it's it's dependent upon issues, industries, and that sort of thing. But um, but uh, I don't know. My colleagues may have a different perspective on that. Elise, you've been doing this for a little while. What do you think? I think it's honestly I think it's about the same more times than not it's about 80% men and maybe 20% women Um, there's always been industries you know I remember kind of the specialty healthcare uh, clients or you know when I was on the Hillwood lobby and go to events that that had a lot of women but I think overall most industries are still dominated by men yeah, I think that's right. My ob- observation is that healthcare is a little different, that healthcare and communications are the two pieces of the world that tend to be a little bit more female, but maybe it's just what I view. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, I think um, I don't do a ton of healthcare clients, but I do some of them. But I am surprised sometimes when we walk into certain rooms and, you know, sort of the head of GR is a woman. 
because um, we don't see it um, all that often. I think we do see a lot of the staff that are around sort of mm -hmm. the heads of GR that are women, and we're seeing more and more of that. Um, I, th I do think that people are trying and looking for more diversity in their staffs. Um, so it's a good time to be a woman. It's a good time to be a woman coming downtown because I think that your opinions are valued. And, sure. um, you know, we oftentimes have a different perspective. Um, and there's the whole 50% of the population situation. Yes, and you know, we, <laughs> are, we, are, we, are, we are 51. <laughs> For those of you looking to come downtown, I do think it's um, there are lots of opportunities. Um, and so far, uh, I've only been down here since, you know, the end of February. Um, but I haven't been right dif dismissed in front of my face, let's mm -hmm. put it that way. Um, I've always felt like my, f my, my opinion has been somewhat valued. Well, A, that's because you're smart, but B, I don't think you would allow it as well. <laughs> that's probably true. That's probably true. I will true. say, also, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm very new to this world, but um, especially from the healthcare perspective, um, I know on the Hill there are a lot of uh, healthcare is really women heavy. Um, I always wonder why that is, but it doesn't seem to make. I mean, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't seem to have a real line we, to it. But. We care more. Yeah. <laughs> We're more compassionate. Women are the caretakers of the family. Yeah. Well, that's probably right. I mean, but you're right. So, I mean, I think to your point, Mackenzie, then probably your healthcare folks who roll off the hill and come down are probably more female than, than otherwise because they're kind of coming from a base of more female folks on the hill, right? Yeah, no, I think, I, I definitely think that's right. Um, you know, I'm still trying to gain some perspective on, on this whole world, but I, I definitely think that's, that's the case. So, is it different to be a female? Republican lobbyist as it is to be a female Democratic lobbyist. So I'll make some general observations about just Democrats yes. and Republicans, <laughs> which is, you know, Democrats and Republicans just operate differently. But is there, a, you know, uh, uh, f I'm making this up, female Republican chiefs, you know, fundraising circuit? Is there mentoring? Is it how is it operate differently? I think being a Republican woman, there are a ton of opportunities as long as you're willing to take them. You know, more often than not, when I was on the Hill, I was the only woman in the room, mm -hmm. and I never felt like that put me at a disadvantage, to be quite honest. And I would think downtown, I've done my best to make sure that I get together with other young women who are coming off the Hill to try to make sure that they're doing what they need to do mm -hmm. and kind of not have them make the mistakes I made um, and just show them a little bit of kind of how it works. Um, so I think on the Hill there's mentoring by women, yep. and I think off the Hill there's mentoring by women. It's uh, just kind of how we're made. Uh, so by the way, the, the for those uh, listening at home, the room has been divided and, <laughs> and Republicans and Democrats are sitting <laughs> on either side of the room. Uh, unintentionally, I think. Happenstance. <laughs> unintentionally, I think. So um, you guys, what do you think? Is it different being a, a, a Democratic woman downtown? I mean, it feels like... Um, uh, I, I'm not trying to draw draw out um, differences that don't exist. Maybe it's the same. I just wonder if it's different. I I think maybe I have a, a maybe a unique expect or, or perspective. I'm not sure, but being internal to the office mm -hmm. and in working downtown, I don't see us as an office working any differently than I would with my close bipartisan colleagues on the Hill. Sure, I don't see any difference with that. Um, we maybe rub each other. A little, you know, have fun. Little, have a little bit more fun sometimes <laughs> yeah. than we I would because we love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, but I think in you know, Democrats just have 
a different perspective on lobbying yep. um, than I think the you know the Republicans as an organization do. And so I don't think it's different between being a woman on the hill and a woman downtown. It's I think the it's, RD it's, thing it's that's different. It's the RD thing mm-hmm. that's yeah. different. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean. Um, I do my best to talk to you know my friends and colleagues that are that are still on the hill that are looking to come downtown to talk to them about that. But I have a very new perspective. So yeah. having people like Elise, like Helen, uh, like Lauren, who you know have been in this space for a while, that I can come to and bounce ideas off of and things like that. I feel um, you know I I feel like the camaraderie is there, um, which is certainly very helpful. But also when we're in the room, I don't necessarily feel um, with client clients where we have you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we have shared clients with other um, lobby shops, um, I don't feel like it's. Um, I don't think it feel like again like it's a woman Democrat thing. I also don't feel like it's a Republican Democrat thing. I think we're all sort of in the same boat trying to figure out exactly what we can do to help the client, um, which is not what I expected. Interesting. Can I add something? Of uh, course. You mentioned something in your in your question, and um, and then Elise in her response that I think is is. Key, and I don't know that this is necessarily a partisan thing, but I think it's a distinction between men and women in terms of how we do what we do. And I think you're right. Um, in a lot of cases, when we were on the Hill, we found ourselves the only woman in the room. I had a little bit of a unique situation in terms of the fact that the principal that I worked for you know, was married. He had three grown daughters. He had a bunch of granddaughters yep. and was very comfortable with, um, he was a male principal, mm-hmm. of course, um, with a virtually all women senior staff team both on the mm-hmm. official side and then also on the on the political side and um, I think those environments can be cultivated I think we're doing that in a bit of an incubation kind of kind of way here but um, but I also think it goes back to the notion that that's kind of how we're wired as women we do a little bit more to um, it's 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 collegiality certainly it's fellowship a little bit it's mentoring a little Mm -hmm. bit but yes to your question you know there are groups of um, past and present chiefs women chiefs that get together on a regular basis to kind of talk through the perennial things whether they're administrative in the office or whether they have to do with you know the tired work-life balance (laughs) yeah exactly kinds of umbrella topics but then um but then also to just kind of talk through first impression things so i think I, i think it can i a long way of saying what I said succinctly. It can be cultivated, and we're doing that. So we've been joined by um, Lauren uh, Aronson, one of my other um, lovely colleagues. She was probably on a call, uh, as she is often (laughs) on a call. Um, But, you know, welcome to the podcast, Lauren, and uh, thanks for coming in just a few minutes late. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Um, I was on the Hill in a meeting, for the record. We'll have to check schedules after this <laughs> to make sure that's the case. Trust but verify. <laughs> In Washington, gender inequality, I think, mirrors the country. I think, you know, there are more men in charge than there are women. In Washington, there's a unique flavor, though, which is there's more Democrats that are women than Republicans that are women. How does that affect job? And, and I don't mean by voters. I mean elected officials, right? Like, so there's just more members of Congress that are that are female and Democrats. Um, does that affect things, change things? Some of you worked for female members. Um, you know, some of you didn't. Is that change the flavor at all? Mackenzie, why don't I go with you because you're newer? Yeah. I, I don't know whether it changes the flavor, but I, I do know, you know, kind of having the experience working for members 
um, both men and women. I know it was really exciting um, working for a woman for especially the first time that I that I was talking about my boss and said she. Yeah. It felt really good and it was something that I was not used to and that um, was really empowering and something that I thought was really important. I I think because DC is is the center of where a lot of power dynamics sure. happen. Um, I think there are a lot of implications for that for for women that are um, in leadership roles in Congress and um, and outside as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there there are certain expectations that are that are uh, set for for women that maybe aren't explicit but are um, implied. Um, so I think that 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 can play a role. But I I think things are changing and I think seeing more members of Congress that are that are women um, is is an exciting development on on both sides of the aisle so Lauren I'll ask you this question um, do you feel like you are kind of um, more inclined to support Democratic members of Congress that are or senators that are women over men I, meaning like you know you feel like it's part of the team thing or do you feel like uh, the party thing is a little higher on that you know it's, it's a good question I'd say that for me it comes down to my personal policy views sure. so I support members equally but they're definitely particularly with this new freshman class of members on the house side and with our strong Senate Democratic women I definitely feel like I want to support them because I think they're putting themselves out there in a way that many women have not historically we've obviously sure. had an incredible amount of of women run for office in the house and senate have had many strong leaders starting you know with the speaker um, and she's an incredible role model but particularly for this house class it was really um it was really inspiring for me to be honest to see these women who have never considered political office putting you know changing careers even with young families i think there's some statistics out there where this freshman um class of, of members in the house are have the youngest children ever of any freshman oh, class interesting. and i think that that's really notable how you see members are changing and how they're addressing these issues so i particularly think it's it's incredibly inspiring for for women like us to see so many women running for office on both sides of the aisle sure. and particularly being successful and doing it trying to weigh all of the struggles and demands that we all weigh in day-to-day with that are just different than men yeah well i mean before we go on and i have a republican question too let me just preface this by like you guys are better at the balancing thing than everybody else and you have the most of most women have some version of some um family obligations and other things and members i can't even imagine being a member of congress and being a mom and you know i mean good good lord so elise stefanik is really trying hard in the republican universe to go find and develop and cultivate more republican women um is that going to be successful? What do you think? Look, I think Elise Stefanik is doing a great job, um, not just because of her first name, obviously, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but because I think she's committed to that effort. Yeah. But I think she's not the only one. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Kathy McMorris Rogers is out there and has been a leader there. And I think on the Senate side, even Susan Collins sure. and, you know, Shelley Moore Capito have mm-hmm. been involved in trying to recruit more Republican women, you know. One of the sad things about this last election was that we lost a lot of our women. We lost Mia Love. Mm-hmm. We lost Karen Handel. Mm-hmm. We lost Mimi Walters. Um, you know, we need to do bet more, and we need to do better in protecting our Republican women because the fact that the numbers are going down and not up is not, not a trend good. that yeah. I support. But with that said, I will support women when and 
if I can at every opportunity, but I'm like Lauren, I will support members who reflect my values and my principles. And that, that is the most important thing to me. All right, so I'm gonna, um, we have a, a little bit of a divide, some new folks and some older folks. So I'll ask this question kind of. Seasoned. <laughs> By the way, Lauren, you're considered old. <laughs> for the record, before before this goes really off the rails not here, age, not I, by age, I, not by age, just by people who've been down here for a little while. So I'll start with the folks. I will start with Mackenzie um, and Helen and uh, Nicole, who are newer downtown. Uh, do you have any surprises? Anything surprise you coming down here? Um, you have a new view of the of the universe. Anything surprising? Of what am I on second month? <laughs> yes, exactly. I think you know, being fresh off the hill, there is a lot more strategy and planning that goes into um, conversations with members and staff than I had realized. Um, I think there, it's really interesting to see all of the different layers of coordination among stakeholders um, and different groups, and um, it, it's. It's been really eye-opening to see. It's some, you know, I always think if, if I had known this as a, yeah. as a staffer, how <laughs> I much I feel like we all think that, right? Like yeah. if we knew all of this stuff as a staffer, right? right. Helen, so, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, this doesn't really have to do with kind of our broad topic. No, it's cool. Just take whatever yeah, question yeah. you want. I have I'm, just the, broad yeah. I'm just I mean, the host think, here. It's no problem. I think one of, one of the things... <laughs> I don't know that it's necessarily surprising, but maybe I think of it in terms of missed opportunity. When I was on the Hill, when yeah. I was in roles where, you know, I was I was on a team that was developing policy, um, there's a tremendous amount of subject matter expertise downtown. Yes. Um, and I'm not sure that um, all, everyone on the Hill, you know, recognizes. And of course, you know, we're all happy to share what we know. We're happy to share our experiences. And part of that is a function of, you know, the fact as we've talked about, that we're women and we, we're sharers and we're collaborators. Um, but but I certainly could have I could have gone to school on an awful lot of folks down here during my time up there, and I think that would have I think the process would have benefited from that. Sure. So absolutely. Yeah. But just thinking about what's different between being on the hill and then being downtown in terms of the gender issues, what it's been interesting, at least, in, and I've been downtown now, you know, a little over four years. I've been surprised by walking into meetings and how many men just talk and trying to see other women. And I always try to be a woman at the table who has a presence, but trying to also encourage my female colleagues to do the same because I'm amazed by how many times you go into meetings and you know, whether it be uh, no one, of course, at our firm, but other cons other consultants at other firms. Or at least no they, one at this table, right? No, no okay, one at our great. firm, no one at our firm. <laughs> I think our men do a fabulous focus. job at, at do a fabulous job in serving our clients, but how many just talk based on what they've read and don't actually do any of the actual work involves yeah. to be a good lobbyist and a good strategist, and then how they try to dominate the conversation. Um, and so I think that's incumbent upon all women downtown to really, we are the ones who work hard, we are the ones who are getting the intel and really serving clients, and I think it's really important that we all continue to speak with a very strong voice. Um, it's, it's been very interesting to see how men react to strong women in meetings. And I've gone out of my way, and I think we all have, to really, even when you have a competitor, but who's a woman who's speaking up and making a good point, to try to echo their comments and lift their comments up. And I think mm. that we see that with all of our competitors. And I don't think men truly see that or pick up on it, but we as women do it, and it's important that we continue to um, enhance each other, even if they are competitors. Interesting. Yeah, we have shared experiences. Well, and I think going back to our earlier conversation when we were we were talking about the level of support, um, you know, not even just within Melman Castagnetti, but in the broader you know lobbying um, 
world. We as women, I have found women in this office, but other women lobbyists who I know really well are wanting to and willing to help you sort of adapt to the lobbying world down right. down, which I was very shocked by. I mean, everybody talks about sort of, you know, it's a eat what you kill, you know, world and you have to, you know, kind of fight every day um, for, you know, bits and pieces sure. and crumbs. Um, and what I have found is that um, not only just the women in this room, but again, other women lobbyists in downtown um, are willing to help and have conversations with you and help sort of, you know, mentor you through, you know, what is sometimes a difficult world to navigate, um, but it's a, it's a high level of support. So, on the point, I just I think it's also important that does. Transcend. I'm definitely not going to interrupt a woman uh, at Thank this you. table. Thank you. So <laughs> I just want to <laughs> let you know that I appreciate. She'll your, just keep talking over <laughs> 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 I think Nicole's, Nicole's point though transcends party, which yes. I think is really yeah, critically sure. important. Yeah. Point Interesting. When I was leaving the government to go downtown, I remember having lunch with a very prominent Republican woman, and she really clearly helped me think through what were my priorities to think about. Was it fulfillment for my job? Because nothing was ever going to be as amazing as it was in my time in the White House or sure. you know on the Hill. Was it more flexibility? Was it financial? Mm -hmm. Was it fun? And mm -hmm. so thinking through how do you prioritize those issues when you're thinking about life downtown, that transcends party. And so I think that's another nice thing that kind of unifies all of us. For right? the folks who've been down here for a little while, and uh, Lauren and Elise, but I'll lean on Elise a little bit harder on this one. Has stuff changed in the last few years? Do you feel like it's different to be a woman, uh, a female lobbyist um, now, uh, or is it basically the same as it's been, been? You know, I think I've changed more than the culture has changed. I think what Lauren touched on about being in a room with men who want to be heard, whether they actually have the best information or not, and interrupting and not trying to come across as what could be known as not being a nice person, but being forceful and being an advocate for yourself and your clients and what they need to hear has not changed. Mm -hmm. I think as we grow and there's more women and you're more confident in what you're doing, yep. that's what's changed. And I think women are more collaborative than men. And quite frankly, um, sorry to finally answer your question, a lot's changed in lobbying downtown. You know, it used to be about getting the best information, but with Politico Pro and BGov and all the sure, information absolutely. out there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's we'll sit in meetings a lot, and people report what they read in the rags that day. Mm -hmm. So it hasn't changed. You still need to call the staff, and you need, still need to have the contacts, and you still need to be able to deliver kind of your judgment and the political intelligence that your client needs. And sometimes you get that in Politico, but by the time you get that, so does your client. So sure. relationships and being the best person possible is really what you need to be doing, and it's still the same today. Okay, so stealing stealing a question from Chris Matthews and to tell me I don't something I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, feel free to make fun of things I don't know if you'd like. But what's something you're following um, uh, on the Hill these days uh, in Washington that maybe everybody else isn't following, or maybe they are? Mm -hmm. um, we'll just go around the horn on this one. So um, we'll pick on the new guy over there. Nicole, you go first. Something I'm following that no one else is. Or you know, just what's something I you're mean, keeping an eye on. I mean, one thing that I mean, taking up a lot of my time is obviously this issue around PFAS. Ex What's PFAS? Explain Nicole? PFAS. <laughs> so it's a, in English it's too. A, it, it, it's a it's a fairly ubiquitous chemical in our our our, um, our economy, um, predominantly within firefighting foam um, and other nonstick Teflon type. Um, but it's in you know semiconductor you know world and it's uh, it's. Uh, 
anyway, it's ubiquitous in our community. And so being legislated a whole bunch it's now. It's being legislated a whole bunch. I mean, it's a bipartisan issue, and it's um, it's a very challenging issue. Um, you know, it's it's all over our country, and the Congress is trying to figure out how to clean it up mm -hmm. um, and address um, health issues around it and concerns around it. And um, you know, we're seeing a lot of different pieces of legislation. All right, Mackenzie, what are you following? So I think this is something that a lot of folks are clearly paying attention to. Um, but, you know, having just come from the Hill and worked on this issue while I was there, um, I think there are a lot of nuances related to surprise medical billing sure. that maybe aren't discussed in detail um, in the way that other issues might be. I think that there, there are a lot of, first of all, there are a lot of players on the issue. Um, there are a lot of nuances about every approach that someone could take to the issue. Um, and um, depending on what the, that approach might be, there are different outcomes that, that folks may not have fully thought through in some, in some instances. So it's something I'm continuing to work on and, and track really closely. Okay. Lauren, thanks for showing up. Well, uh, what are you following? This will come as no surprise <laughs> to anyone in the room, but I spent a fair amount of my time working on the issue of prescription drug pricing, and we have almost virtually every committee who touches health care in the House and the Senate working on a variety of bills in the issue of drug pricing. So, and the president talks about it all the time. And the president talks about it all of the time. So mm -hmm. I live and breathe drug pricing at the moment. <laughs> Ellen, what are you following? Uh, you all know, but just for our listeners. Stop touching that. Oh, pardon me. Um, uh, I, veterans issues have found me throughout my career, um, and, and it's an area that I've spent a lot of time working on. So uh, presently, the, the VA last month kind of turned the lights on on a very sweeping new paradigm for, for delivery of care, um, particularly with their community partners in, in delivering the care um, in areas where the VA maybe isn't nearby or doesn't have robust staffing or has kind of perennial staffing challenges, long wait times, that sort of thing. So we have a lot of clients that do work for and with the VA. We have a lot of clients that um, you know are starting to have hiccups as some of this new this new way of way of doing work with their community partners is coming online. And um, so we're spending a lot of time kind of watching the oversight that's happening with that, sort of trying to figure out where are our primary contacts when we need to debug a process. And um, that's even taking us into the small business space because VA has some, has some um, obligations under the law to contract with small veteran-owned yeah. businesses. And, um, and there are some members of Congress who are taking a keen interest in, in how they're doing that. And so, um, so that's occupying a lot of my time. Elise, what are you following? I spent a lot of my time uh, following privacy legislation. Um, spent a lot of my time this last year dealing with privacy and what's coming out of California and whether there's going to be a law that uh, allows uh, companies and to have some preemption so they can do their business and not have a patchwork. But um, lately I've been dealing with robocalls. <laughs> Very exciting. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Muchly hated robocalls. Exactly. Getting marked up in energy and commerce. Tomorrow. 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 But, Along yeah. with medical surprise billing and some drug pricing transparency. Mm -hmm. It all comes Holy together. Full <laughs> circle. Does this hearing tomorrow as well in VA. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so last one around the horn, and then I'll let you guys get going because I've been you've been very generous with your time. 
Um, who's a who's a member of Congress you're following? Uh, up and comer, kind of bright star that you that you think is coming your way. Female or not female doesn't matter to me. Um, and we'll do it in reverse order. At least you're up. You already said Elise Stefanik, mm-hmm. so I'm going to go with one of my favorite senators, uh, Shelley Moore Capito, or I'm sorry, I got another one, <laughs> Cory Gardner. He is a walking ray of sunshine and sure a is. great member of the United States Senate. Yeah, and super vulnerable. So, you know, and in a, in a tough race, pro- potentially tough race. Um, Absolutely yeah. tough race. Mm-hmm. Arguably he's the a, best candidate. Great yeah, guy. Totally. Sorry okay. To interrupt. All right. Yeah, that's all right. I'm My doing. Republican <laughs> corner over here. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Helen. I'm going with Joni Ernst, given our, given our topic here. Um, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. She's a combat veteran. She's now got her post in leadership. Um, there's not a harder working member of the Senate. Um, she's smart, and uh, we certainly want to keep her, too. I have three favorites. Oh, of course you do. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Three fresh members of Congress. Mm-hmm. One, uh, Congresswoman Angie Craig from Minnesota, sure. who is absolutely incredible, rising star, particularly in health care issues. Congresswoman uh, Elisa Slotkin from Michigan, who served both in the Bush administration and Obama administration, did several tours of duty at the, at the CIA. Um, she's just an incredible rock star. And then also Congresswoman Lauren Underwood, who uh, served with me in the administration at HHS. She's also incredible. Lauren had to take three, um, but what I will say, uh, who I was thinking of was Alyssa Slotkin. Um, I've heard her speak and she, uh, she's really a, a great uh, member and, and one that really connects with, with who she's speaking with. So All right. that'll be my pick. Two votes for Alyssa Slotkin. What do you got over there? Well, um, I, I will pick moderate um, freshman female um, from uh, Texas, Lizzie Fletcher, um, who is very Elizabeth oh, Slotkin like. I was with her um, this morning. She's yes. an impressive woman. Uh, she's very impressive. Um, she's very pragmatic. Um, she sort of speaks to my moderate heart, much like Alyssa Slotkin does as well. Um, <laughs> but um, but I do see her as being. Um, uh, a very powerful voice um, among the women. So I'm going to take the uh, host uh, prerogative here and add my own thing. My, I'm not looking for w- at one in particular, but I do not think there will be a Democratic Speaker of the House that is not a woman for the foreseeable future. That's what I think. Um, Interesting. Yeah. I'm really sad when you don't have a Democratic Speaker of the House next Congress. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll have to see. My powerful... Uh, female colleagues, thank you very much for doing this with us. Uh, we really appreciate it, and uh, I'm really lucky to work with you. We feel the same way. <laughs> see, see you all later. Well, that was a real treat having my pals in here. Hopefully the sound quality was okay. We're really flying by the seat of our pants. I've never interviewed that many folks at one time. Okay, if you're looking for, for me, I'm, I'm at wooters at mc-dc.com. Until next time, we'll be sitting right here at 14th and G.